Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think and reflect on your business, not just do your business. While it's certainly important to have the right strategies and techniques in place, what I try to do is really give you some thought-provoking elements that hopefully guide you in terms of the direction that you want to go. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that is really, I think, one of those kind of how do you crack the code? How do you really figure out the right level of formula that goes into kind of the level of success that you want to see moving forward? And I'm talking about this simple, simple formula that I heard many years ago from one of my colleagues that A plus B equals R. A is attitude, B is behaviors, and R is results. You know, we oftentimes are really focused on how do we get to the goal? How do we get the win? How do we go to the playoffs, so to speak, in terms of getting the results? We're not necessarily focused on all the things that it really takes to get there. So I really want to try to help you with that particular element. This podcast series is supported by my strategic alliance friends, certainly including Gage and the technologies and others that are out there, but also the professional media. Professional media, certainly including professional remodeler, as I'm moving forward in trying to communicate these things to you. So with all that being said, let's start with just the whole concept of cracking the code with just formulas. You know, most of us that speak in numbers and we have a lot of different formulas in our head, whether they're focused on math or geometry or different kinds of things that help guide us and help us make decisions. We also have business-related formulas. Many, many have heard of the many different uses of the 80-20 rule. You know, 80% of your time is going to be focused on 20% of the productive kind of activities. You know, it might be that you want uh, to 20% of uh, the salespeople out there accomplishing 80% of the sales. You want to be listening 80% of the time and talking 20%. You know, this notion of the 80-20 rule is a formula that you can kind of at least reflect, how do I measure up to that? Many years ago, I was trying to understand a little bit more and what was better about what is success as it relates to a remodeling project. Not the remodeling business, but a remodeling project. And we actually kind of cracked the code in our business. It became kind of a not only a mantra, but certainly one of the themes in my Fit to Grow book, and that is success in a remodeling project equals on-time on budget, and delighted client. And you think about those three things kind of weaving together, almost like puzzle pieces. That is what gives you the success. But more importantly, that's what now you can start to teach and you can communicate to others on your team. Because if everybody understands what success is as it relates to a remodeling project, the likelihood that you're going to be more successful moving forward is much greater. So with this notion of results, we always talk about how do we get the results? How do we get more sales? How do we get more profit? How do we improve the productivity in terms of production? 
you know, as it relates at least to the sales side of the equation in the process, which ultimately is the fuel that creates the projects for you to work on, I'm going to walk you through uh, this formula of attitude A plus behaviors B equals R results. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take each one of these, each one of these A, B, and R, and really unpack it for you. So you have now a really almost like a checklist. So for those of you listening to the podcast, you may want to go back and listen to it again, jot down some notes from it, but create a list of each one. So I have 10 elements for each one of these that I think will help, you know, kind of collectively give you an understanding not only of what each one is, but also what does it take to really have or things to check off to be able to accomplish that. So let's start with attitude, A. A plus B equals R. Now, under the A, it starts with the right kind of positive mental attitude, PMA. We've, we've heard that many, many times. You know, you've heard also the, the adage, you know, misery loves company. You know, and what you need to do, I think, when it comes to attitude is kind of stay away from all the negative vibe, the negative energy that's out there, all those people that are complaining about everything rather than necessarily uh, focusing on the right stuff. Matter of fact, an interesting dynamic that's out there, the most successful people in the environment today it's a result of what they're doing. The least successful, it's what the cards are dealt to them, the environment, the clients, all those kind of things. That's what's holding them back. But those that have, I think, the right PMA, positive mental attitude, in this environment, and it takes some real discipline to be able to have that. Okay, number two under A, attitude, is work ethic. You know, it takes effort. It is hard work doing what you're doing, especially in the sales environment. So you really have to put the calories in if, in fact, you want to be successful. Number three is is really your outlook. It's, it's how you need to look at the glass half full, not half empty. You know, and looking the glass half full, I think, has a lot to do with a positive attitude. When you're driving up to the home, are you thinking about, oh, this is not the right client? Or are you thinking about this is someone that I might be able to help, regardless what kind of car is in their driveway or what kind of home they, they particularly have? You got to go into it, not just with a positive attitude, but you got to go into it kind of with the glass half full, not half empty, that this is an opportunity for you to really help someone that's important. Number four on my list of, added, of attitude is having a strong why. Having a strong why, I oftentimes encourage as I'm coaching different individuals, whether they're owner or salespeople, write down a list of all the reasons why, why the, what you're doing is important, why the outcomes are going to be important. Because I think if you really have the right headspace, the right why behind things, the likelihood that you're going to be more successful is going to be much greater. Okay, number five on my list 
is enthusiasm. Now, I've heard for, you know, when you have the confidence, that confidence creates enthusiasm and enthusiasm sells. Well, if you really think, what is enthusiasm? Enthusiasm really is a choice. Are you going into situations with clients and prospects in an enthusiastic way or a not enthusiastic way? Is it burdensome or are you allowing them to at least see the bubbling enthusiasm about it? You know, enthusiasm is something that's kind of in, uh, in, uh, contagious. You know, you go into a restaurant or you go into, let's say, a showroom of some type. And the person that's interacting with you, if they're enthusiastic about the process, the likelihood that you're going to be more guided in that direction is much greater. Number seven on my list of, of attitude is pretty simple, and that's just be kind. I know when my mother, before she passed away, she had been reading a lot of books on, you know, what it's like in heaven and what it's like just to, you know, be, be a, a good person. And, you know, I asked her about it. So, Mom, what, did, what are you really reading in all these different books that you're seeing? She said, you know, I'm not really sure, but I just think it's important for everyone to be kind. And that's something I'll never forget that she said that I've certainly lived by. And that is just try to be more kind. Try to be, you know, that person that, that really is laser focused in, in, in being kind of positive to other human beings. Okay, number eight, number eight nine, and 10 on my list all kind of flow into one thing in together. You know, many years ago when we were out there, I was guiding different people on, on you know, coming into the remodeling business. I would oftentimes being asked, you know, it's great to see kind of how businesses are successful, but why do businesses actually fail? Why do businesses fail? And as I really thought about it, it does really result in these three key elements that are eight, nine, and 10 on my top 10 list. Uh, it really is more about three things. It's kind of like a formula in itself. You know, it requires focus, commitment, and capital. So in your kind of mindset or in your attitude, you've got to stay laser focused. Think about this. You have to have an attitude that is focused on more of a, a rifle, not a shotgun. Oftentimes that lack of focus on something is keeps you from being successful at it. Second is committed. You know, commitment is very much of like hanging in there. It's it's getting out of bed. It's putting your shoes on. It's staying committed to what the cause is of what you want to try to accomplish. And then third is capital. Capital is not necessarily just about money. Capital is also about the time that you're putting in, the energy that you're putting in. And I think if, in fact, you can achieve or really avoid seeing these things slip away, the focus, the commitment, and the capital, you're going to end up having a very, very strong A attitude in this formula of success. Okay, let's move on to B. And as I said, I'd encourage you to maybe listen to this recording or jot these things down because you can actually see how you measure up to these things. Because at the end of the day, the results are an outcome. The results are a product 
of the attitude and behaviors. Okay, on my top 10 list of behaviors, most of these behaviors do not require any special skills. They just require you to act on them and not just think about them. Okay, number one is always, always, always be on time. You know, being on time is not just about being efficient, it's about being trustworthy. People buy from people they trust. And if you can always be on time, religiously always be on time, then you're going to see better results. Now, being on time does not mean 20 minutes early. That's annoying. Being on time means one minute early so that you're always, whether it's a meeting, a client situation, a call, whatever those things, always be on time. Number two is a behavior, and that takes a muscle that you really have to focus on, is really focus on listening. And this listening needs to be active listening, not just not talking. When the client, the prospect is talking, you need to listen. Listen in between the lines. Listen to the body language. Listen to the dynamic between the partners or the spouses. You can oftentimes glean what you need out of that. Nine times out of ten, your client will tell you how to help them and tell you how to sell them. But you've got to listen. So that whole notion of the 80-20 rule I mentioned before, that 80% of the time listen and 20% of the time speak, uh, you've got to start to work on that and master it. Okay, number three on my list is exceed expectations. So always have an opportunity to set expectations, i.e. I'm going to be back to you five o'clock tomorrow. But most importantly, I am going to exceed the expectation. You've got to beat the clock. You've got to beat the five o'clock tomorrow. Because if you can consistently exceed expectation, that's what's going to create trust, trust in your advice, trust in you. And ultimately, that's going to have the client want to proceed with you. Number four on my list of behaviors is you've got to control your day rather than your day controlling you. Now, in my Art of Time Mastery book, I talk about one of the key elements, and that is proactive versus reactive time. That healthy behavior is 80% of your time is proactive that you control, and 20% is reactive. Now, I've done multiple podcasts on this subject, so I can't go in today to a lot of detail, but if you don't have control of your day, you're going to be a hot mess, and if you're a hot mess, you probably won't accomplish the kind of results that ultimately you want to see. Okay, number five on my list of behaviors is knowing your numbers. Now, knowing your numbers is not necessarily being a mathematician. Knowing your numbers is like the key metrics. You know, I oftentimes use the example of driving a a car. In driving a car, you have a dashboard. And in that dashboard, you have three primary indicators that you keep an eye on when it comes to driving. One is a speedometer, and you keep an eye on that probably every few minutes. The second is a fuel gauge, and you keep an eye on that probably every hour or so. And then there's the temperature gauge in terms of is this car or vehicle going to be able to operate and get you where you need to go. And you may look at that, you know, maybe more every two or three hours. But the point is you have some numbers, you have some gauges that you're there, but just as importantly, in knowing your numbers, you're looking at them at the right cadence. You're not obsessed by certain numbers, but you at least have them at your disposal 
and you're looking at the right cadence and pace. Okay, number six on my behavior list is be different. Always look for a way to say or do something that is different, something that is memorable, something that sets you apart. You know, being different also might be just going deeper with a client relationship. It might be personal just as much as uh, professional. But if you are expressing the sameness that everyone else, the likelihood that that's going to ultimately tip the client over in your favor is much, much less. Okay, number seven is always, always, always be prepared. You know, you want to set the right agenda, but you also want to be prepared for all of the the outcome that the client wants to see, certainly. Now, being prepared is also thinking about all the things of why wouldn't the client proceed just as much as why would they proceed. I encourage when it comes to the budgeting on projects, you know, to really have adjustments to the original budget, but most importantly, have in your pocket or part of the process that you're going to take them through a menu of options, regardless, regardless of whether they've said you're on budget or not. You're always prepared, not only for the outcome that you've really said, but the outcome that could come up. A lot of things happen in clients' lives between meetings that you want to make sure that you're prepared for. Okay, number eight on my list is you want to really focus on uh, practicing. Now, if you want to be good at anything that you're doing, you've got to practice, whether you're in sports, whether you're in music, or whether you're a, a, a master chef. You've got to practice your skills if you want to take your game to the next level. And part of that practice and part of that process, I think, is is getting a coach. Now, the coach could be a mentor, it could be a friend, it could be a spouse, it could be a partner, it could be anyone as your coach, but you want to leverage your practice, do some role plays, and l- make sure that you're, you're engaging uh, in a coach. This is your vocation, this is your profession, and just like in sports, they would never go out on the game time in professional sports without a tremendous amount of practice. So don't be practicing on your prospects, on your clients practice on the practice field. Okay, number nine on my behaviors list is you've got to think team. Teams always beat solos. So you've got to think in terms of team sport. That is very much one of your behaviors. And when you're doing that, you think of your production team as part of your sales tools. Think about marketing as part of your sales tools. Design, all these different elements within your business. And I think the more that you can leverage those in the sales process, you're going to see better results. You're going to see more synergies. You're going to see, I think, the outcomes that you really want to see. Okay. Number 10 on my list, and certainly not least, is you want to stay in touch. You don't want your prospects and your your, your uh, past clients to be strangers. You want to stay in touch with them. So what does that mean? You always are doing really active, proactive follow-up within literally later that day or 24 hours. You're keeping in touch with past clients. You know, I've shared many times a technique that I used to do many years ago that resulted in millions of dollars in business, and it was a one-a-day vitamin, of one-a-day call to a past client. And that really is about keeping in touch and 
people really want to keep in touch with you. So the more that you can be proactively keeping in touch, the more you're going to get a higher likelihood of a higher close rate type of referral or client that comes out of it, and you're going to see more success. Okay. Now, A, attitude, went through a list of 10. B, behaviors, went through a list of 10. And there's certainly others in each one of these categories. But let me talk about the results for a minute. Because the results, I think, are the why that you will have, hopefully, the motivation to have the right attitudes and the right behaviors. Number one is what I would consider the the one more out of 10 kind of rule. And what I mean by that, if you, you can do the kinds of things in terms of attitude and behaviors, you will get one more out of 10. One more out of 10 is just all you're trying to achieve. These kind of things are not going to give you five out of 10. They're not going to give you seven. They're going to give you one more out of 10. And if you can truly believe that you're going to get one more out of 10, number two is you're going to see your sales go up by 30 to 50%. Now, why do I say that? If your average close rate is 20%, which it is for most full service remodelers, some are down at 10, 15%, some are up in the 30s and 40%, but the average is around 20%. If I can just get one more out of 10 of the those prospects moving to clients, I go from 20% to 30%, and that's a 50% increase, 50% increase. So number two um, on my list, or number three, is it's much more efficient with your time. If you can do these attitudes and behaviors, you can look about, you're going to save time. You're going to have a much, much more effective use of your time. Whatever you do with your time, as, a, as an overflow, whether you put it back into the business, whether you get better results. But the bottom line, you're going to save time by having these right kind of attitudes and behaviors. Number four on the list, it's going to reduce stress. You know, if you think about what you're doing, this is a very stressful process. Oftentimes, we're spinning all kinds of plates and wheels and those kind of things. And if you can focus on these things, you're going to reduce stress. All of these are results, whether it's about your health or about your personal life, it's going to reduce stress. Uh, number five on my list is, is it's going to create uh, better clients, better clients in the sense of of uh, the right clients. Now, you've certainly heard this from me and many. We have a tendency to be desperate sometimes for clients and not just hungry so that if you can adopt some of these behaviors, you'll be able to figure out who the right clients are for you, the business, who at the right projects are, and you'll have more of those and not just a, a, a massive uh, a list of projects and clients that don't necessarily fit exactly what you, you want to do. Okay, next one on my list is team strategies. You know, it's team synergies and strategies. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you really think about it, your team is what you want to retain. You want to become a magnet for talent out there. And if you can uh, have the right attitudes and right behaviors, you're going to be able to not only keep great team members, but that's going to create more team members that are coming on board. And the synergies amongst those teams are going to be much, much greater as, as well. Okay. Number eight on my list is it allow you to accomplish short and medium-term goals. See, we have a tendency to be very reactive in this business. We don't put enough time on the short, medium, and long-term goals. 
we spend about 80-90% of our time just on the short term and not enough time in the medium and long term. So if you are, in fact, having the right attitudes and behaviors when it comes to the project, you do see the increased sales coming in, you're going to be able to have more time and energy accomplishing on those things. Okay, number nine on my list, and certainly not least, and a lot of people think the holy grail is this particular item, and that is more profit. You know, most of the better salespeople, the better remodeling companies, they're achieving more profitability, in some cases record level of profitability, because they're really focused on the formula to get to profit, not the profit itself. Profit is a result. Profit is outcome as a result of other things. So if you can focus on the other things to get you to the profit, you're going to be more more successful. And number 10 on my list, and it's certainly a little bit more on the softer side, you're going to feel more fulfilled. You're going to be happy. Happiness is really a choice. It's a choice of you doing these right kind of things to get there. It's not all of a sudden a result in itself that you just work at. So I would encourage, think about that all the things that you do in terms of the attitudes, in terms of behaviors, they're going to give you the happiness and the results. It's not going to be just going for necessarily the Super Bowl. It's all the things that you want to do to get there. So I hope at least for some of you listening to this podcast that's really resonating, I hope at least you can start to think about the how you get to where you want to get to, not just the what it is. Because I think that if we can focus on that process, on that formula, you're going to see a lot more success. So take care, everyone.